This is the day the Lord has made. Thank you for joining us in worship today. We praise God for you and however you're listening. We pray the message you receive will allow you to strengthen your relationship in Christ and build his kingdom as we seek God, shape lives, and serve the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are standing here because he made a way. Hallelujah. You, you may take your seats if the Holy Spirit will allow you. Let us pray. Eternal God, our Father, we continue in the wonderful and matchless name of Jesus that name dear God that is above all names that name to which your word declares that one of these days every knee shall bow and every tongue confess and that's every knee under the heavens and every knee below shall bow we thank you, dear God, that we have the opportunity right now to confess that, yes, Jesus Christ is Lord. And as we assemble here on this morning, we thank you for your goodness and your loving kindness towards us. We thank you, dear God, that once again you look past every one of our faults and you saw our knees. Not only did you see our knees, but you saw to our knees. And we thank you for that. And now, Heavenly Father, as it is time now to hear from heaven, Father God, I ask that as I stand for you, I'm so glad to know that you will stand with me. And I pray that you will let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray and let us all say amen, amen, and amen. First and foremost, giving honor to God our Father, His Son Jesus, our Savior, and the precious Holy Spirit, our Sustainer. Then we give honor to the set man of this house, my pastor, your pastor, our pastor, Pastor Thurman Neil Tillman. And we also give honor to his lovely wife, Sister Lawanda Tillman. And I like to refer to wives as their husband's ribs. Because when God created Adam, he took a rib and gave him a wife. I take that deal any day. Amen, amen. We also give honor to the officers and members of this church. I give honor to my wife, Sister Elaine Luckett, my real. Amen. I also like to honor our mother, Fanny Fraser. Amen. 
Auntie Rose, whom we call sister. Amen. Give honor to God for the remainder of my family that's here, my daughter, and my and three of my grandchildren are here on this morning. Amen. I want to thank God for the members of Willing Hearts Ministry who thought it not robbery to come and share with us on this morning. I see Sister Gracie. Amen. If, you, if there are other members, all the members of Willing Hearts, raise your hand. Amen. 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 Now, it's a blessing that they're here because we have church at 8 o'clock in the morning. Amen. Most people leave church and go to dinner. We leave church and go to breakfast. Amen. So we thank God for each and every one of them. I want to give honor to Mother Wilson. Amen. God bless you, Mother. So good, so good to see you. I guess I feel kind of like Dorothy on, from the Wizard of Oz standing here. Ain't no place like home. Amen. Amen. It is good to be here. Good to be able to share with you guys on Pastor Tillman's and Sister Lawanda Tillman's 41st anniversary. 41 years, y'all. 41 years. Amen. 41. That is a very long time. 41 years, that's 492 months. 2,132 weeks. 14,965 days. 359,160 hours. 21,549,600 minutes. I'm sorry, minutes. And 1,292,976,000 seconds. That's a long time, y'all. That's a long time. Some things we can keep up with, but there are some other things that we can't keep up with as it pertains to pastoring. We can't count the number of prayers that he's prayed. We can't count the number of hospital visits he's made. We can't count the number of home visits he's made. The number of weddings he's done. One thing he said to me early in my ministry, he said that he wished he had done, and now I wish I had done it also, and that is kept a journal of the weddings I've done and the baptisms. But we can't count the weddings he's done. We can't count the number of marital counselings he's done. We can't count the number of babies he's blessed, the baptisms. We can't count the number of sermons he's preached, nor the hours spent studying and preparing for those messages. We can't count the tears he shed for the members of this congregation, members of the community, and other places. Some things we simply cannot count. But one thing we can do, we can say thank you. We can say thank you. I, when I think of Pastor Tillman, 
I think of a lot about him. I think, I think of his walk. But one of the things I really think a lot of is his consistency. When the Apostle Paul sent Timothy to pastor, he told Timothy, he said, do not let them despise your youth. And when Pastor Timothy came here as a 27-year-old man, young man, he came here to pastor and to direct men who are old enough to be his granddaddy. Women, great-granddaddy and women <laughs> who, who may have been old enough to be his grandmother. That's an awesome task, y'all. And he could not do it alone. He told Paul, told Timothy to be an example. He say, set an example in speech, in life, in love, and in faith. The pastor Tim and I know has done that down through the years. I didn't meet him when he first got, came here. I met him around 1992. So I've known him, uh, what, 31 of those years. And I've seen consistency in him. Pastor Tillman never, ever changed. But I noticed a change in him this morning. My pastor and your pastor is wearing a colored shirt. <laughs> All my life, I knew Pastor Tillman to wear a white shirt. A white shirt and them wingtip shoes. Amen. But, but, but I guess this 41st year is bringing about a change. And there's nothing wrong with that. That is a good change. He's been consistent, and I've never seen him out of character. Never. In all those years. Even when there were times when others would get out of character or show their true character, he remained in character. Amen. That, 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 that's, let's do a hand clap of praise. Amen. Amen. Wonderful, wonderful example. And I thank God for him, and I am glad to be called a son of TNT. Amen. And I can remember now, he, he'll correct you. I know, I, I can remember one time he corrected me. We were in a meeting, and um, I don't remember what I said, but he looked at me. He said, I know that spirit. He said, that's almost pastoring. I don't remember what I said, but I remember to this day what he said. Amen, amen. But uh, we thank God for a wonderful man like Pastor Thurman N. Tillman. I invite your attention to the word of God on this morning, Psalm 46. Psalm 46, if you will. And I will read into your hearing the entire psalm. I'm reading from the New International Version of the Bible. You may turn in your Bible, scroll on your devices, however you choose. The Word of God declares, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, 
There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. The holy place where the most high dwells. God is within her. She will not fail. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see the works of the Lord. The desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow, the bow, and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Look at Selah. Meditate on that. Meditate on that. Verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. For a subject, be still. God will fight your battle. Be still. God will fight your battle. As I survey the congregation on this morning, I see a lot of different faces. But as I look at you, I can tell you this morning just what you really want in life. I can tell each and every one of you the main thing you want in life. I'm not a psychic. I'm not a prophet. I don't have a crystal ball. But I can tell you what you really want in life. What you really want in life is peace of mind. It doesn't matter who we are. The main thing we want in life is peace of mind. Now, I can't tell you what you feel it is that will give you that peace of mind because some people think it's a lot, a certain amount of money. Some people feel like it's a certain house or a certain job. Some people feel like it's a, a, a member of a certain member of the opposite sex. Some even feel it's a member of the same sex. But whatever it is, you want that because you believe that it will give you peace of mind. Everybody, it doesn't matter who we are. We like to lay our heads on our pillows at night without a care in the world. We would love to sleep through the night without waking up, concerned about whatever that thing is that we want or that we need. We would love to wake up in the morning refreshed without a care in the world. We want peace of mind. People who are financially distressed, they don't have peace of mind. Because they don't know how their bills are going to be paid. People who are sick and it seems like can't get well, they don't have peace of mind. 
that's what we all want in life is peace of mind. David and many of our Bible characters wanted that peace of mind. David, in Psalm 55, it was so bad on him that David said he wished he had the wings of a dove that he could fly away and be at rest. Anybody here ever had days like that? Nights like that? When life has served you a situation where you wish you could just get away? Where you wish you could just go on a vacation and when you got back, that thing would be gone? But unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. Because we could go on vacation, we could go anywhere in the world we wish we would like to go. And when we get back, whatever we left is still right there, waiting on us. Not only is it right there, sometimes we take it with us. What do you mean, preacher? I'm saying sometimes the enemy is in a me. And if the enemy is in a me, wherever I go, guess who goes with me? Every, when I get off the plane, I get off with me. When I get off the plane, I get off with me. So what do we do? How do we find that peace? We are living in a world that's full of distractions, a world that's full of trouble. Jesus said in this life, you will, we will have trouble. He said, but be of good cheer because he had overcome the world. When we turn our televisions on, when we listen to the news, we, you, you know, we have school shootings. Shootings in movie theaters. School shootings. People going into schools and shooting little innocent babies. We have police shooting criminals. We have criminals shooting police. We have people shooting other people. We have wars and rumors of wars. Terroristic threats. as God is. And I can remember hearing uh, Pastor E.B. here preach from the 21st, 23rd Psalm 1. And he began to read. He said, God is. And he said, we could stop right there. He said, we could stop right there because God is. When Moses wanted to know from God, who should I tell the people sent me? God simply said, tell them I am has sent you. And I want you to know that a million years ago, God am. Today, God am. A million years from now, God am. God will always be God. God is. So then, 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 then and as it pertains to trouble, I'm reminded of a song some years ago. Hopefully I can pull it up. Some of you my age or a little older, remember in 1971, I don't make it a habit to quote R&B songs from the pulpit, but the Temptations released a song in 1971 saying, Ball of Confusion. Let me read a few words of the lyrics and see how it seems though they wrote it yesterday. It says, people moving out. 
People moving in. Why? Because of the color of the skin. Run, run, run. But you sure can't hide. And I find our truth for a truth. Vote for me and I'll set you free. Does that sound familiar? Wrap on, brother. Wrap on. Well, the only person talking about love, thy brother, is the preacher. And it seems nobody's interested in learning but the teacher. Segregation, determination, demonstration, integration, aggravation, humiliation, obligation to our nation, ball of confusion. That's what the world is today. And watch this here. We hear a lot about fentanyl in all these different pills. They say sale of pills at an all-time high. This was in 1971. They wrote this. Young folk walking around with their heads in the sky. The city's ablaze in the summertime. And oh, the beat goes on. Evolution, revolution, gun control, sound of soul, shooting rockets to the moon. Kids growing up too soon. Politicians say more taxes will solve everything. And the band played on. So round and round and round we go. Where the world stops, nobody knows. Ball of confusion. That's what the world is today. So when we look at the world and when things come our way, we, 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 where, where, where do we go? Well, the psalmist says in verse 1, he says, God is our refuge. When we're looking for a safe place, when we're looking for a hiding place, he says that God is our refuge. When, 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 when problems come our way, when it seems like the hellhounds are on our trail and we can't get away, where do we go? He said, God is our refuge. When the storms of life are raging, when the thunder is too loud and the lightning is too and, and, and the rain keeps falling and winds keep blowing in our lives and as we seem as though there's nowhere to go. Where can we go to get away from the storms of life? He says, God is our refuge. God is our hiding place. When we can't go anywhere else, he says, run to God. Run to the rock of our salvation. In times like that, and the thing about it is, if we live long enough, life will bring us some situations and some circumstances that we can't do anything about. We can dot all our I's and cross all our T's, and yet and still, something will pop up that will knock us off our rockers. This life that we live, circumstances and situations, sometimes have a way of knocking, the, knocking life right out of us. I went to a wedding yesterday on Tybee. The wedding was well planned once it got started. The wedding was scheduled to start at 4 p.m. I left my house in Garden City about 2.30. I arrived on Tybee Island which should have been about a 30-minute, maybe 40-minute ride at the most. I arrived on Tybee about 10 minutes after 4 because there was a wreck on one of the bridges. And once again, they had planned The bride didn't get there until a quarter to 6. Can't have a wedding without the bride. 
a quarter to six out of all the planning, everything they put into it, you can't plan a wreck. Some things in life we can't plan, but it just happened that with all that planning, something still disrupted their plans. Life has a way of doing that, church. If we live long enough, and when those times come, and we're looking for a hiding place, we, we have to remember that God is our refuge. Not only did the psalmist say that God is our refuge, and I like the way the psalmist is speaking, because it's, though he's speaking for a group, he's saying God is our. Now, we know God is a personal God, but he's, it's like he's representing the group. He's saying whatever we're going through, God is our refuge. God is ours. And then he said, God is also our strength. My, my, my. God is our strength. There are times when, we, when, when life has a way of zapping us of our strength. When life has a way of taking everything out of us and we feel strengthless. We feel powerless. He said, that during those times, we have to remember that God is our strength. But we live in a day and time now where especially in our country and other countries, we, we think our military is our strength. We think that our radar system is our strength. Our missile defense system is our strength. Our robust economy is our strength. But I want you to know this morning that there are some things that could come our way that bombs can't blow up, that the rockets can't shoot out of the air. There are some things that come our way that the bullets cannot destroy. How many of you remember COVID? Our military, our systems, and much of our medication could do absolutely nothing about it. God is our strength. We have to be careful because sometimes if, if some people will begin to think that they're doing it on their own. They're doing it on their own because they're saying, well, I went to school. I studied and studied. I got my bachelor's. I went back to school and got, I got my master's. I burned the midnight oil. I worked and paid my way through school. You have to remember, you're not doing it on your own. Thank God you were able to go to school, but who woke you up every morning? Who gave you the ability to comprehend what was being taught? Who, who gave you strength? We're not doing it on our own. God is our strength. I heard a story of a preacher who was making a visit at one of the leading hospitals in New York. And he saw this young lady get on the elevator. And he was impressed with her. And he thought he would get a conversation and hopefully a phone number. So he got on the elevator. He went to talking to her. And she said to him, I am Dr. Let's say Jane Doe. And I have this many years of experience. I have this many years of degrees. She said, I work for this hospital. And I am the surgeon they call when all the rest of them can't get the job done. She said, I work for them, and they call me when nobody else can get it done. And she asked him, she said, now who are you? He said, I am Reverend John Doe. And I work for the one they call when you fail. <laughs> we 
need to know that we are not doing it on our own. We are not, it, it's not our strength. And I'm going to say something now that's going to blow some of y'all mind. God will sometimes put more on you than you can bear. I, 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 I know all your life you've been told God won't put no more on us than we can bear. I think what happens is somebody get that mixed up with 1 Corinthians 10, 13 that says no temptation has overcome you except that which is coming to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted. That's what we have to remember. He said God won't allow you to be tempted above that we are able to bear. But God will sometimes put more on us than we can bear. Come here, Apostle Paul. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, around verses 8 and 9, Paul says, we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about the hardships we suffered in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure far beyond our ability to endure. You hear that? He said, far beyond our ability to endure. So that we despaired even of life. Paul said there was nothing we could do about it. He says, as a matter of fact, we thought we were going to die. He went on in verse 9 to say, Indeed, our hearts, in our hearts, we felt the sentence of death. But this happened, that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God. Yes, God will sometimes put things in our lives or allow stuff to happen that we can handle so that we will learn to look to him instead of looking to ourselves. Yes, he will, y'all. Yes, he will. If you're not careful, we'll, a sickness will come along that we can't do nothing about. A problem will come that we can't solve. A question will come that we can't answer, and we have to get down on our knees and say, Lord, you got to fix this, God. You got to fix this. Because when all my learning, all my experience, God, you got to fix this. You see, that's, that's, that, that, that. That hits close to home because I pride myself. On, and I'm, watch now, I'm not saying I'm proud. I pride myself on being a fixer. I come from a long line of fixers. My mama was a fixer. My daddy was a fixer. My grandmama was a fixer. I was one of those who used to take three raggedy bicycles and make one good bike. I was a fixer. I can remember if I went outside and scraped my knee and I came back in, mama fixed it. I can remember getting stung by a bee and grandmama chewed tobacco. She took some of that tobacco and put it on the stain. She was a fixer. But then sometimes things come our way, come my way that I can't fix. That I can't fix. And I look to God. I say God. You got to fix this. You got to do it. Because there's nothing. That I can do about it. And when we get in that position. That's one of the best positions. We can ever be in. Because the apostle Paul said. When I'm weak. That's when I'm strong. Because when my strength runs out. That's when God's strength kicks in. Hmm. He said God is our strength. Not only is God our strength, he's an ever-present help in the time of need. 
It doesn't matter what we're going through. God is right there. It doesn't matter what we're in. God is right there. I know sometimes we can look around in life and, we, and it seems like we're in it all by ourselves. And we might want to ask God, God, where are you? We may be like the person in the poem Footprints. He told God, he said, God, when I look back over my life, he said, I see only one set of footprints. He said, and God, those were the times when I needed you the most. He said, God, why would you abandon me when I needed you the most? And God says, my son, when you see only one set of footprints, those were the times I picked you up and carried you. God said, those are mine, prince. Oh, life can, can bring us some places where we wonder and ask ourselves, God, where are you? God, how did you allow this to happen? Story goes that when Nebuchadnezzar was throwing the Hebrew boys into the fiery furnace, Story goes, there was a, 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 in heaven there was a conversation. It says that God looked around and saw Michael, the angel. He says, Michael, Nebuchadnezzar is down there acting up. He said, I need you to go and rescue my boys. How long did it take you to get there? Michael said, I could be there in about one minute. God said, that's too long. He looked at Gabriel. He said, Gabriel, how long will it take you to get there? Gabriel said, I could be there in about 30 seconds. God said, that's too long. He said, because Nebuchadnezzar has turned that furnace up seven times hotter. And God said, Jesus, how long will it take you to get there? The voice came back and said, I'm already here. I'm already here. So whatever you're going through, he's already there. Wherever you're headed, he's already there. Didn't he say, I'll never leave you, nor will I forsake you? He's already there. That problem that you're in, he's there. That sickness that you're in, he's there. Problems in your home, he's there. Problems on your job, he's there. Problems in the community, he's there. Whatever it is, he is there. So good to know that he's there. And then we come to verse 10. So far, we've been hearing somebody else speak. And in verse 10, God begins to speak. In verse 10, God says, be still and know that I am God. He said, I will be exalted in the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. I hear God saying, be still and know that I got this. Whatever you're going through, God say, I got this. Not only do I got this, I got you. God say, I got this. And when I did a study on that word, be still, it said, take your hands off. He's saying, God is telling the soldiers on the battlefield, just lay your weapon down. God is saying, you don't have to fight in this battle. That's what he told Jehoshaphat. He said, you don't have to fight in this battle. He said, but you still got to go down to the battlefield. I want you to know, saints, that he, the battle is not ours, but it's, it's God. But we still got to go to the battlefield. The battlefield might be your job. Sometimes the battlefield is your own house. Sometimes the battlefield is your community. But you got to go to the battlefield. And when you get there, all you got to do is stand back. 
and watch God fight. I don't know about you, but I'm a bad man when I ain't got to fight. I'm a bad man when somebody else fighting for me. He says, be still. And we have to know that this great big God we serve, if God can make a man out of dust, if God can take a rib and make a woman, if God can make a 100-year-old man and a 95-year-old woman have a son, if God could part the Red Sea and allow the Israelites to cross over on dry ground, if God can make an axe head float, if God can make a donkey talk, if God could, talk, could cause two of every animal to show up at doors, no step, doorstep, if God could bring the, the if, if God could bring the Hebrew men out of the fiery furnace, if he could shut the mouth of lions, if he could turn water into wine, if he could make a lame man walk, a dumb man talk, a blind man see, if he could calm the raging sea, if he could feed the multitude with a little boy's happy meal, if he could clean the skin of lepers, if he could heal a bleeding woman, if he could raise a 12-year-old girl back to life, if he could raise Lazarus from the grave, if he could carry a cross up the side of a mountain, if he could lay down and let him nail his hand to that cross, if he could lay there and let him nail his feet to that cross, if he could let them stand that cross up, if he could hang there from the sixth to the ninth hour and die, if he could let them take him down, wrap him in a linen shroud, place him in a borrowed tomb, if he could stay there three days and three nights, if he could get up early back on Sunday if God could do all that, your problem is too big for God. Your situation is not too big for God. Your sickness is not too big for God. Whatever's going on in your life, I say, if God could do that, not if he could do it, since he did it, since he did it, since he did it, God can bring you out. God can bring you over. God can fix your back. God can heal your body. God can fix your job. God can do whatever you God to do. Why? Because God is. my sin. 
I believe Jesus died for my sin. I believe God raised him from the dead. Come into my life, Jesus. Save my soul. And I'll follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now according to Romans 10 and 9, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So now if you prayed that prayer and you believe when you pray, you meant when you pray, then according to the word of God, you are saved. So then I implore you to unite with the Bible believing, Bible preaching, Bible teaching, Bible practicing church. If you don't know of such a church, I highly recommend First African Baptist Church. That is such a church that you can unite with and grow in your salvation. The second part of this invitation is this. If you're saved, if you know Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life, and you don't have a church home, if God has placed it on your heart to unite with First African Baptist Church, we extend an invitation to you to walk this out. To walk this out. And unite with the Bible believing, Bible preaching, Bible teaching church.
seen, for what our ears have heard. And we thank you, Master, for what our hearts have believed. We thank you, dear God, for being God and being God all by yourself. We thank you, dear God, for being in complete control. We thank you for your sovereignty. We thank you, dear God, and it's good to know that you are our refuge, you are our strength, and you are an ever-present help in the time of need. And we thank you, dear God, that we need to know all we need to do is just be still and allow you to fight our battles. Now we pray that the grace of Jesus, the love and the love of God, and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit will rest, rule, and abide with us henceforth now and forevermore. And let us all say amen, amen, amen. amen. Repeat after me, say, as for me and my house, we will, we will serve the Lord. Go in peace. We're going to ask you to please be seated once again, and the ushers will give you directions. Please be seated. God bless you. God keep you. Remain connected to us as we build God's kingdom together. Join us on Facebook at the historic First African Baptist Church and our website, firstafricanbc.com. You may also contribute through an app called Givelify, G-I-V-E-L-I-F-Y. May God bless you and thank you for worshiping with us.